evening, those of you who are here last night for the memorial service. Uh, we got a beautiful day today, a glorious day. Glad that you are here. I trust you are as well. I hope you had a good night's sleep and excited about the day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. That's not an order. That's just recognizing that it should be so. Um, I'm up here by myself again. I, I, uh, we have some sickness in our group. You could be praying for uh, Marcia and Jeff and uh, Sandra, all of them not feeling well. We normally have a praise team. Now we just got a praise guy up here. So we're going to be singing some scripture songs and hymns together. So stand if you would as we begin our service, if you can. And we'll begin with prayer and uh, then start into our music. Father, we do thank you for this morning. Uh, we praise you for the rain we got yesterday. And uh, despite how we saw the creek rising outside, we know you're in charge and uh, everything was safe. And we could enjoy a great uh, memorial service and remembering the life of Jean and all that you did in her and in our church through her and her husband. I thank you for... Uh, this morning, another chance to get together. Every Sunday we recognize um, how great it is to have a church family, to be a part of a church that we have the love and affection we have for each other, the feeling of family and knowing we pray for each other, care for each other. It's great to be able to get together once or twice a week and share in songs together to talk about our lives and the things that you're doing. So we pray that you would use today and all those things to encourage us, to lift us up, and that uh, the music and the word that's given today would be honoring to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We have uh, song sheets that are in your bulletin uh, that have all the songs we're singing this morning. Uh, we have some that are hymns, some that are spiritual songs, and some that are scripture songs. So we hope you enjoy all of those. We're going to start with an old hymn that's a, a very, an oldie but a goodie, shall we say. Um, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. On the cross, uh, one of the last sayings he said is, It's finished. I've completed the work that is done for your salvation. And after that, he gave us the Holy Spirit, which gives us the power to be victorious. And as Christians, we depend on him, his power living through us, and his spirit living through us to have victory. So it's victory in Jesus, our Savior forever. Precious blood's atoning And I repented of my sin And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me 
of his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing. Now he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about a mansion he's built for me in glory. I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing the old redemption story, and some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Well, you're already standing, so I don't have to say that. On our next one, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Soldiers of the cross, recognizing as Christians, we're in a battle every day of our lives, but we march under the standard, his royal banner of Jesus Christ, and we are standing firm for him. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus, the soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer long. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord in Stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey, for to the mighty conflict, and this his glorious day, he that our men now serving against unnumbered foes, let courage rise with danger, and strength to strength oppose. 
up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, he dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, we never wanting there. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next a victor song. To him that overcometh, the crown of life shall be. He with the King of glory shall reign eternally. He with the King of glory shall reign eternally. Very good. Please be seated. great to recognize that the Lord is our shepherd. Not only we shall not want, but it says that he leads us to think about our lives, that we don't have to make all our own decisions. We don't have to determine where we're going to go. We don't have to watch out for ourselves, that we have a Savior who is leading and guiding us all the way and protecting us, feeding us, ministering to us. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us thine we are. We are thine, O do befriend us, be the guardian of thy way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us. Seek us when we go astray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, hear, oh, hear us when we pray. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to receive us, 
grace to cleanse and power to free. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. Early let us seek Thy favor, early let us do Thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with Thy love our bosom fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast loved us, love us still. I don't know about you, but I probably haven't sung that song in 20, 40 years. <laughs> it's a beautiful hymn, but it's one, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, I, I grew up in the Baptist church, and we sang a lot of these when, when I was much younger, and it brings back a lot of great memories to think of those. Do I, do I still remember? Well, no, not really. But <laughs> Jeremiah 32. 17, 26, and 27. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. I don't think I could have gone through all the things that he did. Uh, just almost an entire lifetime of preaching to a group of people who didn't want to hear what you had to say and refused to listen at all. But he stayed faithful to God. And this is one of his um, prayers of praise to God, recognizing that God was the God of the universe, and whether these people listened and whether anything ever happened, it was still God in charge. Oh, Lord God, behold. Ah, oh, Lord God, behold. Thou hast made the heavens and the earth By thy great power and outstretched arms Nothing is too difficult for thee Ah, Lord God, behold Thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult, nothing is too difficult, nothing is too difficult for thee. Lord, the God of all flesh, 
anything too difficult for me than the word of the Lord came to me saying behold I am the Lord God of all flesh anything too difficult anything too difficult anything too difficult for me hallelujah 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 scripture song this is taken from uh, the book of Isaiah and whenever he was uh, called to serve the Lord God gave him just a little vision of who he was and he saw the Lord in his temple and his train and his glory filled the temple that's uh, something one day we'll get to see as well when we're in the presence of Jesus I see the Lord I am lifted up I see the Lord leaning on the throne, exalted in the train of his robe, fills the temple with glory, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled. Temple with glory. 
And the whole earth is fair. And the whole earth is fair. And the whole earth is fair with His glory. Holy, holy. Reading is from Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, verse 9. Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Father, we thank you for this wonderful prayer. One, I'm sure we've prayed many, many times before in the past, and it lifts us up to you as one who is our Father, one who is holy in heaven, one we know is sovereign over all things, and we thank you so much in the world we live in. Sometimes we wonder what's going on. We thank you that you superintend, you oversee everything, and nothing is beyond your eye, nothing is beyond your power, your will. We bless you for that. We thank you for that first part of the prayer. Your kingdom is coming. Now we live in this church age, and indeed you're building the church kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. But there's coming a day not too long from now when, Lord Jesus, you'll come back and you'll reign over this world for a thousand years, and we'll reign with you. What a glory that will be. We long for that day, Lord, when your will will be completely, completely done. But now, Lord, we pray. We says there we pray for our daily necessities, Lord, and Whatever that might be, thank you that you provide us for all things, little and small. And two, then your, our forgiveness. We experience your forgiveness, and we are ones then to practice it too. Where that's how we can have good relationships and be loving, because none of us are perfect, and we need your grace then to be forgiving and loving and kind with others. And then finally, too, Lord, we need your protection, protection from evil, Lord. We live as, as I think Steve's mentioned before. We live in an evil world, and 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 Lord, it's not easy. The battles out there, we all face them personally. We all see them in a more public and, 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 and way around the world. But, but we thank you, Lord, that we are your children. Thank you that your spirit's in us. We thank you that we can live for you and just pray you'd help us to continue on living for you in the way that you want. I just ask you now for this time, pray that you'd fill up Ruth with your spirit, with your word, that 
preach the word, Lord, that we all need to hear, that we then be ones who take it to heart. We just thank you again for this time we can be together as a church. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, everyone. So, as I was preparing for this message, it was the uh, first of the year, and um, I would say that it is one of the most turbulent first of years in my lifetime that that um, that I can remember, um, as you've experienced. And, you know, we had two years of uh, COVID. Uh, shutdown almost going on where we were all uh, lives were changed if you were going to work maybe you started working from home or um, you know just all kinds you couldn't visit uh, maybe family members that were sick it was just a crazy time and then that provided uh, supply chain issues which I'm in that business and a lot of shortages coming from that Um, police were being defunded uh, criminals were not being prosecuted, riots were happening in so many cities, um, borders not being protected. It's just been a very interesting um, first year, I would say. Uh, I could go on with a lot, a lot more examples, but I'm sure you know them. Um, but my thought was, you know, so how does God want us to uh, respond to these turbulent times? And I've been reading in Matthew chapter 6, and I'll say, uh, you know, your Bible might have the title, uh, The Cure for Anxiety. But as I was looking at it, it was, it was so much deeper than that. And so I wanted to meditate on it for a while, and I have been, and look forward to sharing these thoughts with you. Um, uh, it, to me, it uh, spoke very much about who we are uh, and then how we should be living. Um, and I, I do believe that if you don't know who you are, that you don't know how to live. Uh, it's a pretty simple statement. Um, I would say if a, if a cat thinks it's a dog, it's going to have a really rough life, right? You've you got to know who you are. And so we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but let's begin with um, uh, Christ talking about worry over life. And this is Matthew chapter 6. We'll start in verse 25. Um, it says, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So I just thought how appropriate that that is for for these times where we've got, I'll use the word foodies, um, people that really are into food and love food and, you know, different ways you can make it, etc. Um, you know, we've got special shows for that, uh, multiple shows that you could get, uh, take a look at with different chefs. And then we've got our, our celebrity lifestyle worship going on where we've got these reality shows where we know what people are doing 24 hours a day, you know, what they're wearing, what they're eating, etc. 
Um, so I think you would probably agree with, agree with me that you know times are changing. Um, these have been developing the last few years. Um, so the question then is, so why does society worry about food and clothing? And as I looked at it, I, I think it's just you know, comes back to you know the world society becoming more worldly. And when I say worldly, I mean you know serving and pursuing wealth. Um, it's it fits with for those of you who have been attending. You know, Steve has been sharing how after COVID that a lot of the churches have experienced um, less attendance, right? And their drop in attendance is, is just showing us, you know, the world's influence on our churches. Um, so to me, that's, that's evident. Um, and then I thought, okay, so what is the fueling the increase, uh, increasing rate of worldliness? And just... Um, not trying to get into you know the devil's influence, the the anti uh, the antichrist you know influence the spirit. Just looking at the signs, you know we've got our our standard of living has increased so much, it's so high that we have the means and the time to pursue. Really, it's it's more than just survival. You know, if you think back to um, maybe your grandparents and, you know, they talk about the Great Depression or other hard times, you know, until recent years. This is definitely true. I know my, my grandfather owned a farm, and uh, I'll guarantee you that uh, nobody was sharing with him recipes on food uh, around a water cooler, um, which has been a new experience for me as I've I've been at work and you know, I've got men coming up to me talking about these recipes that they're making and, you know, how they're tweaking this and tweaking that. And I'm going, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> these are some of the younger guys. But, it's, it's again, it's a sign of the times and, and what's going on. Um, other, other signs are, you know, that we've got information at our fingertips. And I think that has just exploded our societies thought that they are in control. You know, they've got this information uh, they've never had before, and it's forward-looking, and, and so you've got that going on. But mostly, I would say, as I look at it, um, I think society has lost its connection to creation, to God's creation, whether you're a believer or not. At least we've had that going on in the past where the unbeliever would see so much of God's creation in their work. For example, um, I think the the further we get from farm life, it's an example of you know you, you stray from that. Um, you know the farmer has to deal with you know the heat, the cold, the rain, the snow, and and all these things affect his livelihood, right? Um, but we, when we go to work, we have to. You know, the inconvenience of a little bit of rain on the ride home is what we deal with. <laughs> you know, it's not as, uh, uh, you know, uh, relevant you know, our, our, in our face as, as it is when it's our livelihood that's, that, is, that we're dealing with. So then we, we come to 
you know, what is the answer to not worrying about your life and worldly influence? So Christ next has us look at his creation and the birds, he says. So let's look at verse 26. He says, look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor put or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more worthy, much more than they? So what a, a great example for us that God, you know, he's the one that provides. Um, he does that for the birds, he does that for us, and that's what, what Christ wanted us to see there. But we, we, we overlook it. Um, I'll, I'll share with you that um, recently, uh, I've got a, a very good example of this right in, uh, outside my window, <laughs> in that uh, my yard is not a grass yard. It's uh, what they call perennial peanut, and it has a nice, beautiful yellow flower on it. So my whole yard is this peanut, and so I've, all, I've enjoyed looking out and seeing just a, a lot of yellow flowers out there, just a field of them, right? And uh, I noticed that those flowers had started disappearing. I was like, what's going on here, right? The peanut plant, it can put those out every day. So eventually I, I, I caught the little rascal that was getting my flowers. It was a mockingbird. And uh, he would, a couple of them would come out there every day and they'd get these little flowers and, and eat them. You know, they're not taking them back. They, I guess, are a delicacy for these mockingbirds, right? And, uh, but it was just a good example to me as I was reading this that, you know, God's doing that. He's, they're not having to take it back and store it anywhere or whatever. It's just every day they're out there and they're able to pick these flowers. And, hey, it's a smorgasbord of um, a meal for the, for the birds there. Um, yeah, but... <clears throat> As I look at that, too, I think in these verses, I think, doesn't it feel good that God is saying to us that we're more valuable than birds, right? Um, he says, are you not worth much more than they? And we can uh, look at this, and that, that reminds us of who we are. You know, to God, we're his children we're more valuable than a bird as much as he provides for them. He'll surely provide for us. And that's important because in today's society, you know, where animals are elevated to human level almost and how they're talked about, we need to be reminded that, you know, we're, we're God's children. We're important. He gives us these examples in nature, but... Don't get distracted and, and take it in by the world's view of, of animals. <clears throat> and then let's continue on in verse 27. It says, And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And I like that because if you're not already convinced that God um, is in control by what he says about the birds, <laughs> that he supplies for them and so forth, he's telling you here that, He's, you know, he's in control of our lives. Every minute that we spend is going to be based on his plan for us. Um, and he's got it down to the hour. 
Steve always likes to quote our, our minutes, our days that we're on this, this earth, and it's a good reminder. It's, it's, it's very important. And this is not the only verse that, that talks about that. One of my favorites is in James chapter 4, uh, starting in 13. It says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or to that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why do you not even know, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. What a great reminder, huh? It's, it's God and his will. So next, the Lord says, you know, look at my creation again. And he says, look at the lilies of the field. In 28, says, and why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, that they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So we've got this second example of God providing. So he provided for the birds uh, food, and then he's saying to us, you know, that I provide the clothing for the uh, lilies. But the point is that he provides everything for us, all that we need. Um, and, I, and again, I say to you, doesn't it feel good to know who you are, that you are more valuable than the lilies, it says? Because um, he says, will he not much more clothe you? So you are more important than the lilies. And, and again, I say this for, you know, the world is, is trying to say to us, look, the, the earth is more important than you are. You know, if you are a uh, farmer and you've got a reservoir that has special fish in it and they decide that these fish are, you know, almost extinct or whatever, they can stop the water flow to your farm and that's your livelihood and you're providing food to people then again that keeps them alive but yet the world is is giving this skewed view of you know the human race and that god has us this is what's the most important on earth so it's good to remember and um uh to top it off, uh, I really enjoy, too, that, that he adds about Solomon. You know, you think about Solomon was king, and you think about how he clothed Solomon. Surely that must have been something else because other nations were bringing, you know, all their, you know, a lot of gold and all that they valued, spices, everything. I'm sure, you know, different linens. So you know that Solomon was pretty pretty decked out as far as how he dressed. Yet God is saying, you know, I'll do so even more so for you. Um, That's pretty amazing how he provides for us. 
And then he, and then he reminds us that this, this all relates to our faith because he's, he's kind of uh, giving us, you know, that our faith can be too little in this particular remark, but it also can be strong, right? And, and that's why he's reminding us of his provision through his creation here is to strengthen our faith. So next, I like to say this is more of his summary statements. In verse 31, he kind of rehashes some stuff and adds some more. He says, do not worry then, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So here he's presenting even stronger that that you are not Gentiles, you know, you, you are his people, his chosen people, believers, and he wants to remind you of that. And the world, as you know, we need to remember, is wanting us not to think of ourselves that way. And you'll get a lot of pressure as you're out there day to day where they want you to think, you know, in a different way, whether it's as we said earlier, that, you know, the animals are more important than you. The earth is more important than you. No, that's not true. You, know, you are above that. You are God's created children. Um, so continuing on, then he says in verse 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So, how should we live? He's, he's telling us not like the Gentiles, seeking worldly food and clothing, which is basically wealth, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then in 34 he says, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So what's that a reminder of? Basically, you're not in control. <laughs> it's a good reminder because we can all, again, think we're in control as we think, see these things that the world provides as far as higher standard of living. We've got more information. You know, these things can help us b believe that we're in control, and we're not. I love that simplicity of life. Um, that we're not to worry about tomorrow. It's just simple. Deal with today. What's in front of you? God's going to provide. Um, but, again, we don't always listen. Uh, that's why he's telling us these verses today. So then how do we seek the kingdom and his righteousness? What other verses talk about it? because he's telling us to do that here. And earlier in chapter 6, right before these verses we're looking at, the Lord tells us to pray the Lord's Prayer, which Steve read for us. And it's, it starts out, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So this is how we, we pursue his kingdom and his righteousness. We pray for it right? And the question to us every day is, you know, are we willing to do that? Are we looking beyond, you know, 
what the world has to offer for us in food and clothing and so forth. And, you know, are we saying, yes, come, Lord Jesus, come, you know, your kingdom, right? And God gives us this prayer. It's a great prayer. I know I need to pray it more often. I encourage you to, to do the same. It's a good reminder. So then, so then what is this kingdom that we're praying for? And, and it's not of this world. Um, he reminds us in John 18, verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servants would be fighting for me so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Um, so we know we're supposed to desire it. We know we're supposed to pray for it. And he's telling us it's not of this realm. Um, so very important as, as we realize that. It helps us to have the right frame of mind as we're, we're looking at these things of the world so that we're not, um, again, making that our focus of pursuit, that God's going to provide those. And again, if you're desiring God's kingdom, then you're not thinking about, and not that vacation's bad or travel is bad, but you're not thinking, man, I re- before I go, leave this world, I've got to go to ABC country or whatever and, and check this out because God's gonna you're, you're you know God's gonna create a new world a new heaven and you're you're gonna see so much better things you're gonna see the earth you know new earth without all this sin and it's gonna be such a blessing and again be pers- pursuing that through prayer and desiring that um, so <clears throat> Related to that, you know, why are we to seek his kingdom and his righteousness? And that, again, is covered in prior verses to what we read. It's in 20, uh, 24, right before it. It basically says we can't serve two masters. That's why we need to pursue his kingdom. In 24, it says no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or... He will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So, as I said earlier, if, you're, you know, if we're seeking the things of the world, whether it's food, clothing, if that's our focus, then we're not serving God, right? We're not praying for his kingdom. So, God's provision and his lesson to seek his kingdom and his righteousness are seen in creation and, and should strengthen our faith. And as, a, as a matter of fact, um, uh, science achievements are revealing even more about God's provision and his creation. We, we've known his precise, <clears throat> how precise our creator is with extreme detailed design, you know, when you, you think about those little flowers and what they provide and so forth, um, but where we are learning that in those details, there's no margin for error, which is becoming more and more uh, uh, available to us as we 
look at God's science, which is basically, you know, his rules of creation, right? So I, at the same time that I was looking at this, I was looking at an article, and I'd like to share this with you. It's talking about some of these aspects of, you know, there's no room for margin, there's no room for error in God's creation, which is encouraging. So the earth is perfectly sized to sustain complex life. The earth's size and corresponding gravity holds a thin layer of mostly nitrogen and oxygen gases, only extending about 50 miles above the earth's surface. If the earth were smaller, an atmosphere would be impossible, like the planet Mercury. If the earth were larger, its atmosphere would contain free hydrogen, like Jupiter, uninhabitable. Earth is the only known planet equipped with an atmosphere of the right mixture of gases to sustain planet, animal, and human life. No room for error margin. The earth is located the right distance from the sun. Consider the temperature swings we encounter, roughly a negative 30 degrees to plus 120 degrees. If the earth were any further away from the sun, we would all freeze. If any closer, we would burn up. If a fractional variance in the earth's position to the sun would make life on earth impossible, even a fractional. The earth remains this perfect distance from the sun while it rotates around the sun at a speed of nearly 67,000 miles per hour. It is also rotating on its axis, allowing the entire surface of the earth to be properly warmed and cooled every day. And our moon is the perfect size and distance from the earth for its gravitational pull. The moon creates important ocean tides and movements so ocean waters do not stagnate. And yet, our massive oceans are restrained from spilling over across the continents. Isn't that amazing? You know, God's, again, is detail, but that detail is, it's like if you're in manufacturing, you might have a tolerance to swing one way or the other if you're cutting a piece of metal, say, for example. It can work if you have it a little bit this far or this far, but you know, if you go any beyond that, it's, it just won't work. And the same, you know, God's created this. He's so specific in that creation, right? And I believe this is, is for us as believers, right, that we can be encouraged. And that's why I wanted to share that with you. You know, he, he shared with us his provision and for the birds and, and for the lilies and said we're more important than them. And we need to understand that, and we need to be encouraged from his creation with the earth, the sun, the moon, all these things. And unbelievers will see you as your faith is strengthened from his creation. They'll see you as unflappable, right? And, and your testimony will be strong. It's not that I'm sharing these things with you to go out and start preaching about... <laughs> about, you know, the margin, you know, no margin in God's creation because 
the unbeliever is blinded to to these things, right? You know, God might show them a little bit of and start drawing them to them with some of these things, but it's more for you as a believer because he wants you to be strengthened in faith. He wants you to not worry about life, not to be seeking these uh, the wealth of the world and to be turned by the world you know, with all the things that they're pursuing. But you're special. You're God's child, and that's what his message to us is when he talks about the birds and the lilies and seeking his kingdom first. That's what we want to be doing. So I hope you're encouraged today in God's words in Matthew. Um, hope you have opportunity to reread them and, and meditate on them and, and look around you every day as you're going about your day uh, in his creation. So let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, how uh, you tell us everything we need and you provide everything we need, how amazing that is. And we want to be ones that look around us and get encouraged and not distracted by the world. Lord, thank you that you provided those means by your spirit, by your word, by each other, the church, all these things. Work together, Lord. Help us to be lights to be ones testifying about you through that light, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for today. Use it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Um, for this um, coming events, uh, we have June 15, we have a Bible study and prayer at 6.45. Now, for this date, if you are accustomed to come, uh, because Bethel is having an event, uh, get with Steve that day because he's either going to be held on the office or in the room, it's all depending on how many people will come. Um, so for June 22nd, uh, also a Bible study, uh, they will be going through John 13, Verses 28 to 30, 21 to 38, that will be at 6.45. June 26, that will be a Matthew meal. That will be um, after the service. That is uh, well, one of my favorite times, not only for the meal, but because it's a time for <laughs> fellowship. Uh, that's a great time that we have, enjoying uh, each other's company uh, on that day. Uh, also, next week, Bethel will uh, start his vacation Bible um, week. And that is open for ages uh, 3 to 16. And that will go from Monday to Friday uh, to, from 6 to 9 p.m. So if you know someone, uh, you can invite them, let them know. It's open. And also they... 3 to 16. Hmm? Years, the age? Yeah, the age, 3 to 16. So, and... Um, also, they, uh, they will need volunteers, not for teaching, but also for staff support and the kitchen or in the fellowship hall. So if you have time, you know, you're welcome to come. Uh, now we have the uh, last two songs, and uh, we, the offering always, you're welcome to give up online, and also we have a, a box on the, on the back table. Thank you. Have a great week.
Everybody ready? Okay, we're good. I invite you to stand for our last couple of songs. Uh, first one is taken from Isaiah chapter 30. Uh, Bruce has already been talking about how God provides for us, the, the world we live in, all of the things around us, the beauty. Um, the song, just a message is very simple. The Lord longs to be gracious to us. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you Therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who long for Him. Therefore the Lord long. Therefore the Lord long. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious unto you. gracious to you and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you the Lord is a God of justice blessed are those who long for him therefore the Lord long therefore the Lord long Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious unto you. Therefore the Lord long. Therefore the Lord long. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious unto you. Thank you for picking that up, ladies. I forgot to tell you, they all had to echo on there. <laughs> and once again, speaking of memory lane, uh, I don't know, when I was in youth group, we used to sing along a lot of John Peterson's songs, and this is one of the ones that he made famous. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. What a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. 
born of the Spirit with life from above into God's family divine justified fully through Calvary's love oh what a standing is mine and the transaction so quickly was made when as a sinner I came took of the offer of grace he did proffer he saved me oh praise his dear name heaven came down and glory filled my soul when at the cross the Savior made me whole my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul now I've a hope that will surely endure after the passing of time I have a future in heaven for sure there in those mansions sublime and it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believe riches eternal and blessings supernal from his precious hand I receive heaven came down and glory filled my soul when at the cross the Savior made me whole my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day heaven came down and glory filled my soul from Psalm 47. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Amen. Amen. 